Welcome back to another episode of the Last Man Standing Podcast, the unofficial podcast now to the original 1994 miniseries adaptation of The Stand. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Corey. And we are the broadcasters. And today we're going to dive into part one of the 94 miniseries, The Plague. Uh, before we get into the synopsis, again, I want to thank our sponsors, which is GlareGuard. GlareGuard creates high-quality polarized sunglasses for a fraction of the price. Go now to glareguard.com slash broadcasters or go to glareguard.com and type in broadcasters at checkout for 25% off your first order. Yeah, we have summer coming up, you know? Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at those shades. And full 20, two and a 5% together. 25%, it's beautiful. Uh, Matt, you have a synopsis of the episode. What's going on? Campion narrowly escapes. Stu shakes men in hazmat suits. Larry wipes snot. Fran bears a midriff. Nick yells at the corn. Lloyd throws his gun. <laughs> Harold power walks away in a tracksuit. Flag squats on a pole, and Kathy Bates steals our hearts. Oh, doesn't she though? Man, I don't think the the narrowly escapes part is amazing. Yeah, that's also inaccurate. The no, my, it's, <laughs> dude, that fence couldn't stop Ferris Bueller. All right, like that's ridiculous to think that that Incredible. would stop him from barreling through that thing in that car. It's bananas. It's a backyard fence. <laughs> It's not stopping anybody. It's like, it's thigh high. Like when he runs out of it to that house, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I've, look, they did not spend a lot of money on that lab. No. That lab was like, nope. this is like a fucking little brick building on the outside. It goes underground a little bit, you know? You shot it like an it. LA community pool. I would bet money on it, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of gate that we're talking about here. Yeah, the uh, narrowly escaped is, uh, is, is beautiful. Generous. Um, Let's, let's, let's jump right into this thing. All right, let's go for it. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's get after it. Woo! Let's get into some uh, initial reactions here, part one. Matt, what did you think? Okay, um, my big takeaway is that, like, it turns out if you tell a story of an epic journey from the beginning, <laughs> it makes a lot more sense, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is like... It's weird, but it's better. Like, look, '90s TV, like the the, the production and filmmaking, like yes. it's come a long way. It's it does not look good yeah. for sure. But, but the characters and like the plot lines make a ton of sense. This is much closer to the vision of the book. I kind of enjoyed it, despite how like how lean it looks. Yeah, look, '90s TV, man. Ooh, what? Wow. Like I. And we'll we'll get into like rewatchability of like '90s stuff, but I here's my take. Okay, I I have to say this now because I can't bury it. All right, Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yes, yes. Bring out your dad. in this show Guys, multiple I, times, multiple yes, times. Four, I think four times. Yep. Ringing a bell, saying the end is nigh. Just this is just a reminder for people. Okay, if with Kareem Abdul Jabbar, that dude has the most points in NBA history. He is third in blocks. And third in rebounds, he was 10-time a first-team All-NBA. He was a five-time All-Defensive uh, first-team. He's a Finals MVP twice. I cannot believe they said, hey, Kareem, you're going to be in this. Come on in, and you're just going to ring a fucking bell for four straight scenes. It's unbelievable. It's wonderful. What would be, like, the equivalent today if, like, Peyton Manning was randomly in the stand? Is that, is that kind of what it is? Like, one of, like, the all-time greats? It's Tom Brady. Like- but it's like Brady's Tom Brady showing up. Kareem had retired. Right? Okay, so if you want to go re- retired, okay. And he also made a career out of doing that. I mean, like, he started yeah. it with what, like, Air- airplane? Airplane. Right? Yeah. But, like, yeah. Enter the Dragon he was in. Like, again, he dabbled in film for a while, and he popped up and shit. And his cameo was it's, my hands-down favorite my thing of the entire episode. <laughs> and the no. fact that it kept coming back, and it was just, like, this, again, rehashed Monty Python joke taken yes, literally. Yes. It was just, like, it was... I liked it so much. Again, it felt camp. It felt weird. It felt goofy. And I loved that about it. And, and yeah, I was, I was bought in. I was bought in from second one. And the fact that it kept happening, just icing on the cake. Imagine pitching that to Kareem, though. You're, you're going to walk down and you're just going to first go watch this scene for Money Python where they say, bring out your dead. You're just going to do that. Do you think just they do it on fucking screen. Do you think they tried out multiple bells or was it just like they heard that one and they knew that was it? <laughs> right? Like, is this 90s tier? They're just like, here you go. It should have been the cowbell. 
my, my first reaction was, oh, that guy looks a lot like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, that's Kareem. <laughs> like, but that was, I was like, it was just so unbelievable to me that he would be in this. I was like, oh, that guy looks just like him. Weird. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm sorry, I couldn't, guys, I know that you want us to actually talk about the show. We will. Yeah, we will. But as like an NBA fan, I can't ignore that you had the all-time leader in points walking around saying, bring out your dad. It's like fucking incredible. Better cameos Corey, this? Better cameos from this, hands down. I oh, mean, yeah. like yeah. the, the, the uh, uh, campion. Oh, God, I can't pull his name off the top of my head now. But even campion, I was like, oh, 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 oh. That, that. Like, so I felt like that way multiple times in this uh, in this episode. I was really cool with that. Um, I will say that the peripheral actors, right, like the inconsequential ones outside of our leads are not good. Uh, we really had a had a couple of open casting Ray calls and uh, and dragged the bottom of the barrel here. I mean, like that right. goes from from the uh, the gas station crew to the two doctors who are <laughs> oh, outside are a, a haps room or a haps room and just like, oh my god, they were super super bad. Uh, so yeah, there while there are those things like the the celebrity cameos, the people who actually have like speaking roles that I recognize from other things, fucking Kareem. Like there's there's bits of this that I'm like, this is like miles above where the stand 2020 was for me so yeah it's, it's a little surprising we'll get into like the visuals and all that kind of stuff because again i mean uh it looks its age um it, yeah. it did not age gracefully no, for sure. but it's still it's a better plotted show it's a better written show uh yeah i like it i like it way more it's funny i can actually kind of understand even more so while why people are so pissed off with this show right because if you watch the 90s version you're like holy crap that was like this is a well it's it's it, it, the story is said well it might not look amazing you're like holy right. shit modern budget on cbs with a nine-part miniseries this will be fucking awesome and then you get that you're like what just happened yeah. what was that yeah oh my god yep uh, let's go character by character with this one. We'll kind of just we're gonna bounce around here because it's we don't want to do a chronological review of this oh, God, no. of this please, show. Please no. Um, so uh, let's just start with Stu because Stu Stu and Campion kind of lead us off here. Uh, what do you think of Stu, Matt? Well, first of all, like, what's your guys' experience with Gary Sinise? He's Lieutenant Dan. I mean, that that He's is my, my immediate okay. always yeah. always for Gary Sinise is Lieutenant Dan. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Apollo 13, but only because. Sure. Do, Matt, actually, yeah. Matt, do people know that we're brothers? I don't know if we've ever mentioned it. I don't it. think oh. we ever mentioned it, but it's just important to know. It's <laughs> <laughs> the reason, like, look, we watched a lot of Forrest Gump and a lot of Apollo 13 growing up. Yeah. So much. Gary Sinise was like a very important part of my life. Those like, were two big ones. In the, in the mid to late 90s, we watched so much of this type of stuff. So, like, yeah, I love Gary Sinise. And you know what? He fucking kills his stew. I think he's great. Um, like we just like like we got with with um with Marzen. He was just like this. He all shucks himself like through like all mm-hmm. nine episodes of this thing. Yeah, like, Sinise is much closer to the character in the book. He's like a very competent, like not traditionally intelligent, but a smart guy. Like he has his whole like just because I'm country doesn't mean I'm dumb type line. Yeah, buy it. You yeah. know. Yeah, he's tough, intense. It seems like he's a good leader. I was like, oh, this guy. He's killing it. Like this is just a way better version of Stu than what we got in 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 the the latest miniseries. Yeah, I'm I'm right on board with all of that. I think that uh, again, it's it's an actual character. It's not just a mannequin or a scarecrow that they pose in scenes, right? Uh, in the background, he's actually got motivations and stuff like that. Again, I'm like, there's some hackneyed and corny moments and stuff like that, like when he like tussles with a doctor and like you know uh, like puts him up against the wall. And he's like, you gotta talk to somebody who'll give me the answers, right? Yeah. Like there's some real there's some real like 80s 90s leftover uh, tropes and stuff in here um, for sure. But again, it's it's like it's forgivable of its time and all of that kind of stuff as where like, again, in our modern show, we just don't get a character at all out of Stu. Um, so, yeah, I will take Lieutenant Stu all day, um, all day. <laughs> including including long scenes of him escaping from from the hospital. Um, which again, like it's some, some like long. Over, overly long cuts on this one and some short screen time. There's a part of me that's sincerely worried, like how little, like how far we got into the story in the first hour and 20. It did have my single favorite moment of the show when, when Sinise, when Stu's running down the stairs, trying to get out of the hospital and that crazy doctor grabs his leg. Mm-hmm. And he just turns, leans up against the wall, and does a full <laughs> kick that just knocks that dude down a flight of steps. I thought that was, I burst out laughing. I thought it was hilarious. But yes, it was like, it, it, it's, you have to put your 90s glasses on when you watch this I, stuff yeah. because it looks ridiculous. But like, I don't know, he was panicking. Like, it was supposed to be kind of 
I, I bought that for his character, not like, you know, it doesn't translate. Sure. Corey, but... in, in like the second episode of, of, of our, like our original, like the beginning of our stand podcast, sure. you said that Stu is just all shucks in it. And yeah. I can't, I can't get that line out of my head now because so many of the reactions that like, I was like, man, I, I think, you know, Stu should maybe be a little bit more upset here. Like mm-hmm. when the doctors come in and say, Al, you and your friends, friends are dead. dead. Yeah, like everybody you there's know like is a dead. normal reaction. Right, yeah, yeah. Is is anger yes. and actual emotions and, yes. and stuff. Yeah, and, and words and mouth words. And so, Marcin's yeah. like, oh boy, oh, all right. Well, I can't even believe it. Yeah, no, it's it's really bad that they that they paint uh they paint him like a so so one thing I just finished watching was Manhunt, um the uh the the centennial bombing thing. It's it's the dumb it's the dumb show about uh the guy who bombed the nineteen ninety six uh Olympics, right? And oh, okay. And in it, they they throw around this term "bubba," which they use for like a uh, like a undignified somebody from the south who's like <laughs> seen as unintelligent based on their accent and all that kind of stuff, right? And that's the perfect encapsulation for Martin's uh, stew is a bubba, it's a bubba, right? It's just him, just like, oh gosh, guys, I didn't even. Wow, would you would you imagine that, right? Like that's all yeah. I can imagine him saying at like every given moment. So, uh, yeah, fuck, fuck that poor. That poor character. This stew is is a lot better. Do you see this? I can't. I'm sorry. I can't see this stew like riding in an F-150, just fucking <laughs> singing along. No, no. As I, like the world again has ended. No, I actually, <laughs> I actually see him thinking thoughts and feeling feelings, and as a as a semi competent human being, right? Or as at least yeah. a well well rounded one. And I could definitely picture him as a man on top of a mass in a massive rainstorm, <laughs> mm-hmm. screaming at the clouds yeah, and nature. Right. Um, right. just full going full Lieutenant Dan. God, God I love Lieutenant Dan. God. Yeah, yeah well, the answer is Lieutenant Dan for Sinise, though. Yeah. We're going back full fucking circle with yeah, this. It's yeah, Lieutenant yeah. Dan. Yeah, it's Lieutenant it's Dan. It's incredible. It's Lieutenant Dan. Uh, do we have anything else here for Stu? Uh, Other than, like, he's just better? I think he's better. I mean, I'm I'm a little weirded out how scenes between him and Molly Ringwald are going to go. Because if, yeah. if I can force us into the Fran conversation now, I think this this Fran is a step back. In multiple ways, right? In like this this '90s representation, like putting her in that weird that weird shirt. I don't think Molly Ringwald's like bringing her best to this role. Um, again, I think trying to transition to more serious stuff after you know uh, her her fun with the Hughes in the 1980s and all of that kind of stuff. But then again, getting pigeonholed into TV is not it's not something you want during the '90s, right? Like this is a this right. is a serious career move for for people to to leave film and go to TV back then. It is not a, a back and forth jump like now so um i mean it kind of shows in, in in the role a little bit like i i don't think she's very good um but, but at the same time it's certainly more of a character than than the friend than the friend we get so even though i don't like it as much it's still more of a character so i guess here let me ask this question then in this version is she more like the book uh yeah i'd say so this version everybody's closer to the book I mean, okay. king king did the teleplay for this so i'm pretty sure this is like a, a a fairly direct adaptation of the book okay at least it feels that way so far yeah no i totally agree with Corey. um i, I guess i disagree a tiny bit with Corey. like i don't think she's terrible and i don't know enough about i don't have a huge experience with molly ringwald for for me it's just the breakfast club never got into pretty in pink or uh 16 yeah, Corey, did you did you watch them? Did you watch yeah, like 16 yeah, Candles, Pretty Pink? Yeah, I've seen all like I've seen all of them. Um, I didn't grow up with again like rewatching uh, rewatching over and over again. Um, right. We had a different set of teen movies, you know. But at the same time, like I still have an affinity for her. I still think she's all right. Um, it's just that like I, there's multiple times in this where I like get knocked out of it, where it, it really feels like uh it's somebody delivering a line as opposed to a character like i don't see her disappearing right. into this role uh hmm. and again i don't think it's it's necessarily because i'm not seeing uh her character from the breakfast club like i said it's it's not one of those that i've watched over and over and over and over again um so yeah I, I'm, I'm still trying to put my finger on it it just again some of it seems like uh certain takes delivery um it seems like a little again her earnestness is what gets me in those in those roles in the breakfast club and all that kind of stuff like she's doing her best like she you really feel that kid who is like trying and struggling and stuff like that and then this is just kind of it's a little flat i I buy that i I guess my my only different difference would be like she just seems like she has heart in this like she just like I, i she just appears more likable in this version than she does in that just because like 
like the conversation she has with her dad seems mm-hmm. sweet. She seems like a genuinely nice person when they're kind of, he's kind of poking fun at her with, with Harold's love or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually got me. I that like, giggles. Oh, I, like, I got okay. giggles from that. Yeah. I was like, all right. She, she just seems like a, just like a sweeter person, which she kind of was in the book. Like not that she wasn't just that, but she, she had, a, I think a lot of heart. Um, well, that so, helps that they actually show her relationship with her dad and not like a, a right. single little passing scene. And yeah. that dude's dead. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't love it, but a part of me just wonders. Like I, now, I kind of want to go back and just, and just think. Like, is this how women were just kind of treated in the nineties and like in, in in certain roles? And it was just like, this is what you got? Yeah. I don't know if what I saw wasn't the expectation of what I supposed I, like what I thought I was going to get, which I kind of this is kind of how I pictured Franny would be. I mean, I think it's tough to get a, a full fledged female character in this stage of not only television but i I mean maybe even king's career right to have a character that that's filled out and developed i mean you're you're looking at he's got very few uh from that book that are like well-rounded female characters um so again i think you're you're just working from a place that is that is tough because she's she's kind of used as this device for motherhood right like here's what happens for like kids and everything after the plague so again i mean it's better it's better and i feel like uh i feel like kind of an ass for for sitting here and being like yeah it's better but i still don't love it but it's better um but that's just like what i keep coming back to it's like you know it's it's less pulp orange juice for me i want pulpless i want pulpless this is semi-pulp <laughs> yeah i'm a no pulp guy matt do you have anything else to add to this um i guess just like quick like the difference between her first interaction with harold versus the one we got in in our, our version of the miniseries was very different like she kind of like yells at him tells him to fuck off and he like storms away in this one she's like kind of being like look she's clearly not into harold like he has a weird crush on her but she's gen- like kind of sweet to him even like in the way she kind of like like nicely says like no I won't. I'm not gonna go to the to the concert or whatever with you like I I just I, I I thought that was a little bit better I'm interested to see how they play the whole her with Harold going forward I, I guess um, dude this Harold yeah. oh boy yeah, this Harold's a definite step back <laughs> this is a definite step yes back. and this is again so everyone quoted like they said like, like Owen Teague was definitely better uh fucking yes yeah. yeah yeah Owen Teague was one of those things that I can like look at in that role and like he's not a problem I don't think Skarsgård was a problem right like there's there's multiple yeah. Jovan he was not a problem like you can nope. pull into multiple people from the 2021 again I, th- I think you're 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 hurt by the writing in that more than anything and to Matt's point right like um again it depends on how you want to play Harold further on like that's what I'm interested to see is like yeah, true is he the jilted incel from this or like how how exactly are going to move this forward um, yeah to awkward town this might be like a read my mind question but did he remind you of any other like characters from pre- previous movies maybe slightly before this era because i got like a one big vibe going with this guy i got i got ghostbusters a little bit i got like rick okay. moranis rick I, moranis i think it's, oh, i think it's, i think it's the the track suit is what really yes. does okay. it. <laughs> like the, you know um from from the original ghostbusters but i kind of got that from him where he's just like this panicky little nerd right except you like rick moranis Oh, I don't exactly. like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy I don't like this guy. For me, it was a lot of like a George McFly, like young yeah. George McFly. Yeah, that's, which no, is that's weird, really good. Like energy. That's really I was like, good. what is it? So I guess it'd be like McFly's personality in, in a Miranda's body, like a dress. Like that's kind of what we got right there. It's it's not good. And it's that's not a really good combo. close too, because I mean, like, let's not forget, George is a peeping Tom, right? Like yeah, that's yes. how he gets hit by that car. He's kind of He's an ass. So dude. yeah, that does make sense. Two creeps, two creeps in a creep pod. That's dude, I, I can't believe for how successful Back to the Future is and knowing what the premise of that movie is, I kind of can't believe they even got that to production. So wait, this guy goes back in time and like, his dad's a total creep and he hits on his mom and his mom kind of falls in love with him. This is what we're doing right now. They're like, yes. Just like, yeah, don't forget in the first Star Wars, Luke kissed his sister. It's fine. Everybody will forget about it. It's fine. So uh, it is funny. I, another thing here with the, I guess, Franny scenes, seeing Dr. Kelso from Scrubs was kind of shocking. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it. I was, I was so was happy like, oh, shit. I let the moment pass when nobody brought it up. I was like, shit, all right. I guess that's just me. No, that's, that's, that's Dr. Dr. Kelso. <laughs> incredible uh, I, was, I was waiting for him to definitely like he was gonna use his sweet tactic and then just come down hard with a hammer and be yeah. like for any are terrible like just like he, he always kind of like weasels way in with dr. jd and dr. Cox. Yeah. Yeah, he, i mean he look he got the legit laugh with the herald thing so you know yeah he's still still bringing the comedy to us yeah and you are right though and kind of and kind of wrapping up Fran. actually there's one more important thing here with franny's scene which is if we want to jump to the end with her and then another cameo uh holy shit kathy bates 
Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, the cat-based radio host? That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty good. Well, Misery had, yeah, Misery had already come Definitely. out. Which, another Nine, Ed Harris, think, right? too, right? Yes. Ed Harris's Starkey's wild to me. Yeah, sorry, no, j- jumping around too much, but like again, no, those, those like it's great to see these like king cameos come up from like those successful batch of movies and everything else. Like I thought Bates actually did a really nice job. It helped sell the whole thing. I think yes. the the one thing that I've got to praise this show for above the others is how they're handling the actual like infection phase of this. There's a clear timeline. It clearly yes. takes people like it's still fast, right? We still learn how like Campion went from California to Texas and how like. People are already dying from this, and how lightning quick it is. I mean, like we're 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 still moving, um, but they're handling that so much better. I the only thing I was you're right. The only thing I was initially confused with is like Campion initially just is like staring at the screens, and people are just dropping dead. Like that one woman who's working in like the commissary, like the lunchroom, is dead on food. It's like holy shit. The speed at which this thing kills people and then Campion drives across the fucking country. But Matt, I think you even mentioned it. Like Starkey kind of explains that. Yeah, they, they drop one line because, yeah, people are dead within 10 minutes. They, within they 10 minutes, yeah. They explicitly say it. in that lab they're dead in 10 minutes. He was saying this thing's going to mutate and it's going to mutate in a way where it's going to be able to like a, like a longer like uh, incubation time or something like that before people start dying. And that's what makes it even scarier. So they, they do kind of say it a little bit. It's a little bit yada yada just so like it makes it that's possible. Fine. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the whole way they cover this outbreak is, is much better. Um, and way it kinda, better, Corey. Yeah. It kind of sticks into like that, like that '90s paranoia of the government too, which like because hmm. I do want to talk about the X Files a little bit later, just in so, some comparisons with '90s TV. Um, yeah, it's like don't trust the government. Ed Harris is lying <laughs> through his teeth about you know it's different today, but Ed Harris is lying through his teeth about like this this virus or whatever. They had the military mowing down. Um, DJs and people just trying to escape like certain cities. Like it gets intense quick. Um, yeah, I just thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Did they have to kill Kathy Bates? Yeah, <laughs> did they have to the kill? Question. At least they killed her off camera, right? Like, yeah, you know, true. we didn't have to watch her die. You know, this, this again is, is really so much more well done. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just what I'm left with at the end of this is just, and, and, and that government part is, is part of the book a little bit too, right? Like that's, oh, that's yeah. a, a more honest through thread, right? Because again, don't forget, like 1970s, you're also coming off of like Vietnam and distrust of the government, right? Uh, when that's written and everything else. Um, so again, I, I feel like that's a core part of the story and how the, the disease is allowed to spread and kind of like uh, move around unchecked a little bit is also like an incompetent governmental response, which I mean, accurate, accurate. Sure. <laughs> right. You almost kind of like, this is probably going to sound dumb. You kind of forget about the virus in this new version, right? Like it kind of just like, it kind of like fades into the back. And I guess maybe it will fade into the back of this miniseries too. Mm-hmm. Like this whole, the, the panic that came with this and showing how like, just how, you know, pesteredly these fucking, like the government can be in trying to cover this shit up. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like, an, it feels like outbreak. It, it actually kind of makes sense here that they didn't really show, I don't think in this, in this most recent one. Um, but I'll tell you right now, like having Brian Cranston hop on like and giving a speech versus like Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates was way fucking better. Yep. We actually Do you even remember Kathy what Bates Cranston too. said or talked about? No, I mean, he's just a president reading a response that was nonsense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, the, the, the new show does that. Like exactly. You said yada yada is so much. It just puts it in there instead of looking at this as a potential like value plot point as a like a chapter one. Right. Uh, a turn and everything like that. Uh, again, we just eschew suspense for for plot points in the new version as where this is like, OK, well, like, let's actually use it. Right. Like this is inflection point number one to like start the story. It, it actually seems like there's appreciation paid to like pacing um yeah. where there's not in the new one so yeah i mean again I, I i tweeted it out as i was doing it i sat down i started tweeting immediately as i watched it and was just like yeah this show has more suspense in four minutes in that initial campion scene and moving through even with the lame fence that i was like you could have just driven that shit like with yeah, the, through, with that, that 19, fucking fence yeah yeah, 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 yeah with that 1985 taurus <laughs> and it just blown through that shit right like that's that's somebody's backyard fence from suburbia so um it's like no plastic on that car that car is steel it's yeah, going yeah, exactly. right through it. it's a fucking bullet so <laughs> Um, yeah, like aside from silly stuff like that, which again, I- I've got a higher tolerance for being that it's 94 and TV is getting the shit end of the budget stick constantly. hundred percent. Uh, th- let's, let's go from, I guess we'll go into Nick, right? Or do you guys want to do Larry next? No, let's do Nick. Let's do Nick. Let's end on Larry. Let's do Nick. Cause I, who doesn't love Chris Traeger? 
Come on. I want to talk I, about all, Chris. Dude, it's all I can see. <laughs> it's all I can see. I was like, Chris Traeger would never get snuck up on and beat yeah. up. He would talk. He'd be too nice. They wouldn't stop him. <laughs> uh, I will say, I think in comparison, the, the Nick's introduction like, scene getting his ass kicked versus this one, I actually think the modern one's better. This was it, – it's – it's so rough watching 90s action. That fight scene is so bad. Oh my. He kicks the dude in the nuts. He like turns and hits the guy. Oh, it's just terrible. He ducks the punch. Yeah. It's yes. so funny. Like this is definitely like made by a bunch of people who just had like stage training from their high school. Like they did stage combat in their drama class. And like that was it. Like that's how all of that really feels. I mean, again, I said it at the time where I didn't have a problem with, with Nick's introduction in the new version. I felt like they cut out some of the fat and like got us to where we needed to go. And also like Nick's not losing an eye in this one. Apparently they're like, no, 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 you're not. You are not fucking up his face. No. Oh yeah, we realize that. Yeah, that's Rob what? Lowe. He's too handsome. Yeah, yeah, we're paying. Yeah, we're paying Rob Lowe dollars here. We are not covering up that face, that moneymaker. No, Rob Lowe said he's like, you're not to take my eye out of this. Fuck you. <laughs> Look at this face, Corey. To your point earlier, though, with like the side characters in this being terrible, <laughs> how <laughs> bad is like Ray, the guy who beats him up. <laughs> He's really How bad. bad is all of that? He's like the whole really scene, the, the fight, but we you know, we kind of went in the fight, but like even going to the sheriff station with this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, I won't do nothing. Yeah, it's it's again, it's more Bubba-ing of these characters. Yes. Right? I think these- uh, <laughs> I love that's a thing now. It's, yeah, it's but, making uh, characters from the South into bumpkins. Um, so yeah, that's that's what you get really from that, that Ray guy. There's not really a lot of like, where this malicious intent comes from like it's really bizarre just blasting out of the woods at night to beat the shit out of this guy because yeah, he spilled on him and then didn't respond when he yelled at him again like it's you know you can get into deeper representation stuff about uh, you know people with hearing impairments and everything else uh on here um again which is problematic uh, to say the least however right like this this ray problem is also, like one of those story wise, it just doesn't make a fucking lick of sense, and it's ex- like, it's the acting's bad. Um, yeah. Anytime, like you narrate what you're gonna do to somebody, like right before you do it to them, like is <laughs> yeah. like fuck. It's like h- weirdly hilarious. Like it's not good, but him seeing him like I'm gonna last thing he's ever gonna. I don't know. He's just some stupid. <laughs> like, he's sneaking up on Nick. I'm like, this is ridiculous. No, it's, it's like Wiley Coyote. It looks yes, like a Natasha, <laughs> and what's his name from from um. Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? Like creeping up behind him with like the accents and stuff yes. like that. That's a hundred percent what it feels like. It's cartoonish. It's just Looney Tunes. Yeah, like the, the new miniseries. He's like wasted in a bar. It's like all right. It's a it's a drunk bar fight. It makes total sense. The next day, he's like he's angry at the fact that he did it, and he's like waiting for his like come up. And so when Nick treats him with like kindness, it's like an, an interesting moment. <laughs> he's just an asshole <laughs> beforehand, <laughs> and then in the prison, is continually continuously an asshole. And that's kind of oh, the way it goes great. in the book too, right? Like, that that's is. kind of the way that it goes in the book. It's like a character, <laughs> a, a caricature of a villain, right? It's just somebody to like uh, Nick's foil, right? Just to show his opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, like that's the one part where where we actually get a better developed character, and then he never comes up again in the new series anyway. So you know, we yeah. we, we we change it, we recat, like we we tweak the character, we improve the representation, and then we write him out of the show. Do you know what's had, treated even worse in this version? <laughs> the corn, oh, the, <laughs> the corn. Oh my god, the corn! The corn sets are so bad. So, and this is like a fixture of '90s everything, right? From from uh, Field of Dreams to Children of the Corn, another King movie that I would like to bring up, right? right. Again, um, so yeah, we we have it. Like, I swear to God, did anybody ever see a fucking cornfield? Yeah. That that's my exact take, Corey. It was either they only had eighty corn stalks to like plant in their weird <laughs> warehouse to make the set, so they're like, we got space essential. We, we got, got eighty guys. This is all we got. <laughs> or no one had. And I guess maybe this is. I guess this was filmed in California. I have no idea. Had just never seen a cornfield before. Like so, they had no actual idea of what it yeah. looked like because there's no other explanation <laughs> for it. It's one or the other guy. It looks like it looks like. So if you ever go uh, in Disney World, right to the land ride that's inside, like you get on like the little boat and it takes you through like how yep. food is grown and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of like straight up 1980s like i feel like they shot it there they're like fuck it we'll just go to disney world and we'll shoot it on that little set with the with the little with the little house right in the land i hope there's like four people out there who's like oh yeah i remember that right yeah 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 because that's about it that's all you're gonna get <laughs> not a feature even better with that corn scene i'm pretty sure with Stu, 
they reused the same shot twice, oh, which is probably. like the overhead shot of him walking through it. I think they reused it, which means that they just like, <laughs> like, all right, fuck it. Well, we can't, we can't replace the 80 socks of corn again. So we'll just re fucking use that. <laughs> no, it looked bad. Every time they showed in this episode, it looked bad. It's just like a weird interior set. Like I, it's, it's just a, like, I think a, a feature of the budget. For sure. I don't want to shit on too much, but like corn scenes are fucking great, man. Like E.T. Yeah. in the yep. corn is awesome. Science in the corn is awesome. You can Science really is awesome. use corn to great effect. Effectively. Uh, they just they clearly the budget didn't they, have. You try to do in the new series, right? They try to they try to throw corn in there. This is really this is a very corn heavy podcast. I think that's going to be our through thread. <laughs> yes. The next thing is just movies about corn. All right. So we've actually brought this up like a couple times now, but we actually need to talk about it. We got to talk about the budget. Yeah. Because. This the the budget for this is not small. So in 1994, when they made this, the budget was 26 million dollars. Which is, did anyone do the math for like? Well, it's six million an episode. That I did read somewhere that it winds up being like six million an episode. Basic math. And then like inflation calculator, that's like 46 million dollars. Not a ton. I mean, it's a lot, but it's, it's a not lot. a ton. Yeah. No. What? I don't know. I so look, ton. I mean, you're looking at again your big budget action films at this point. You're like. Uh, Fast and the Furious, your Avengers, you're like that kind of stuff. You're looking at like $200 million to crank those out. You're not only carrying cast, like it's huge, but right. like you also have these giant special effects budgets. So like going back in time, don't forget, like you're, you're not doing anything on computer now. It's everything's going to be practical effects uh, at this at this point. So like, again, all makeup, you see with like the eyes, like where they make fl- uh, flags, eyes glow red. Like that's a total practical effect. You're going to see a lot of those through. Uh, so again, like 6 million per episode is maybe a lot in the 90s then people were paying for tv but like it really shows that you can't make an epic that big i mean uh westworld and um fucking game of thrones like those giant prestige projects are like approaching that like hundreds of millions of dollars for production so like by comparison this is a drop in the bucket yeah like i i do totally agree with that like yeah this isn't this isn't game of thrones or anything like that but like like i guess a point of comparison just gotta keep talking about apollo 13 that movie cost 60 million dollars like this is like half that like that's not yeah. that's not nothing you know like and i think like what apollo 13 looks like versus what this looks like is really is. fucking different man like apollo 13 looks pretty good for, for a 90s movie this just but, does not i mean but at good. the same time you've got spielberg involved in apollo 13 who also works really closely with george lucas for a bunch of his career so he's plugged into industrial light and magic which is one of your only people that are putting like special effects like actual computer-based effects together at this point uh so like you also have some like hidden mm. advantages there based on like your connections in hollywood and all that kind of stuff that that help make that movie look especially good that helped make movies like jurassic park look especially good right as they're like again so plugged in that they're helping these people develop technology especially to shoot that movie i'll say this though like let's compare it's like you brought up game of thrones but game of thrones is like a monster yeah, like but that's go, back a to, monster go back to season show. one then, like, right? Where it's not like where it's not a hits monster, where it's not like a ratings monster and stuff like that. And you'll still see a fairly inflated budget versus what we get here. And again, it's a bit it's also a difference between HBO in the two like in you know, in the twenty tens, willing to shell out money for TV and ABC in the nineties, where like again, George Clooney making the jump from television to movies was a big thing, where it was like a legitimate like article when people made the jump from television to movies or regressed from movies and oh my god they, they picked up a television show like it's something dirty so also tv has a stigma around it like i think that's important to contextualize here too for like what we wind up getting on screen no i think that's but i think that's kind of a different argument to like true detective costs four million an episode and true detective so four million an episode for thir- for eight episodes is 32 million that's that's not far off from that. What this budget would be, and if you, again, if you did, it would count it with inflation, the stand would have cost more. Like the Prestige, which is a big movie, like in the two thousands, that cost forty million. Like I, I just think they actually had money. This was this, they threw money at this thing, and I guess it's because it's King, and they, they were like, "Hey, this is going to get some budget." Yeah, and this this didn't exactly have like a list. Like Molly Ringwald's a, a pretty big star at this point, I think, but Gary Sinise wasn't. Like this is like right around the time Forrest Gump and Apollo thirteen hit. Rob Lowe is not a huge star. There, there are no, they're not paying for talent, really. Like these are good actors. I mean, Ed Harris now, but Ed I, Harris was in plenty of stuff in, in the '90s and all. He paid for one cameo, yeah, though, Kathy Bates in right. one episode. No, yeah. That's a good point. Right. No, I hear, but yeah, I, I actually hear that too. But if, if they had larger roles too, like if Ed Harris was in maybe three episodes or that's two, different. it's like, ah, right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think they kind of threw. Here, here, here's a random thing that I want to talk about that blew my mind when I was looking up top budget. Corey, this is insane. 
the top budget movies for like two, mm-hmm. for 1994. Okay. Like the number one box office was like sure. the Lion King. And then it's like Forrest Gump and True Lies. Okay. The top grossing actor mm-hmm. in 94. Yeah. That makes sense. Jim Carrey. That makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Insane. $704 million yeah. with the yep. mask, Dumb and Dumber and the Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Those were the same mm-hmm. year? Yes. No, that's unbelievable. Dude, Monster that, that is year, an man. incredible year <laughs> p- just for him, period. But like he also had that stretch of years, right, where he was unfucking stoppable in the box office. Yeah. No, no, Jim is awesome. Yeah. I just I, I you like look at this list where you have like true lies is up there and like all these like you know pulp fiction, all these like cool movies, and it's just like no 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 Jim Carrey yeah. clean fucking. That was house a hell of a year for movies <laughs> though. The too, mask you just look at what came out. Yeah. Holy hell. Oh, it's great. Uh, the mask made three hundred and fifty million box office, which just of the absurdity Bananas. of that that cannot be like understated. Uh, all right, so well, let's kind of Matt. Do you have anything else to add? To, with yeah, I guess here? my one last little bit. I was looking up like what what do some episodes like contemporary TV shows cost? So like X Files start the year before about a million and a half dollars per episode. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer started three years later. That was around a million a million and a half per episode. Um, you know, so this the budget for this is like at least double possibly four times higher uh per episode yeah, but it's also a shorter um, run you're, you're looking I, I just at think tv that, like, tv whole like seasons at that point a million per episode x files is getting what 20 episode season orders so it's a 20 yeah, least, so it's a like 20 million dollars a yeah. season when you when you do that compared like back and forth on how much more content you get for your money based on that like again this is this is helping but uh, you know you've got actors who are demanding higher quotes you've got uh, like expensive cgi or i mean a effects to build into this later on again i don't know if there's cgi or not um later on in this thing i yeah red eyes red um eyes. so I, I would imagine we're gonna get <laughs> models right like little models that are gonna explode and stuff like that um so yeah it's i mean it's definitely showing its age and it's definitely to me showing its its budget here i mean the corn right couldn't even afford corn stocks the corn yeah, and I guess to like to your, to your point too, like they move around a lot in this. Um, yeah, produ- so just like constantly yeah. like yeah, picking up and shooting on new locations, uh, new sets. So that could really add up pretty quick. It's just like look, X Files and Buffy Mm-mm. didn't look great early on either. Like they they weren't good no. looking shows. No, um, it's 90s. but they're yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a big part of it too. How much do you think they spent on transitioning oh. here into Larry, uh, into Baby? Can you dig your man? How much do you think they this spent version? on that? I like this version song? better. I, I I like this version was catchy. I thought this version was legitimately catchy. I don't look, oh look, it's bad. God. I think at this point <laughs> I was just feeling it. I think at this point I was just in a good mood. This episode right. wasn't completely shitting on me or treating me like dirt. So I was, I was ready. I did. I dig. You're, you're crossing the bridge oh, with Larry. Yeah. Oh, I was with it. I was with it. It felt real 90s, right? It felt like any real 90s movie, like big or anything else, like driving into New York City, right? Anything from that like late 80s, early 90s period. There is always a shot of driving over one of the fucking borough bridges into manhattan and like that's always something right like coming in or out and so yeah i, I don't know that worked for me larry's acting though not so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey, you I, definitely fully had your 90s oh, glasses yeah. on by this point in the uh-huh. episode though to enjoy all of that yeah, they were fully engaged <laughs> oh yeah um I, I, see, I actually like the 2020 version actually here, here's the problem with the 2020 version i don't think it plays long enough there's not a single time where it plays for i think more than like 20 seconds yeah, or 30 no, seconds no, right i don't think so I don't think so. And I'm a big fan of Gary Clark Jr. And it kind of sounds like that. So I was like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling this version. But I didn't, I didn't hate this version. I just thought that, like, yeah, Larry kind of sucks yeah. as an actor. And it's, like, rough mm-hmm. to kind of his yeah. scenes. Um, yeah, he's definitely a step yeah. down. Definite downgrade <laughs> for us. Yeah, for sure. Especially, too, because there's a ton of – even if I don't know the actors' names in this, I'm like, oh, that guy. Or this guy. I've definitely seen him before. This guy you've this never guy seen. I don't remember seeing anything, him. This guy I never saw. Since <laughs> okay. before. Oh, yeah, this exactly. is a one-and-done situation. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, oh, it's this from some. I was like, get the fuck out of no. here because I do not recognize this man. I have no idea who this guy is. I, I will say this, though. He's a lot closer to like what the character kind of is in the book because he's just like a shallow, stupid, selfish piece of shit. And that's kind of Larry early on. Like, that's who he fucking is. I think our Larry from, from the newer version is like a little bit more put together from, from, the, like, from, from Jump. Um, this guy, Are you sure guy? he's yelling in the backstage for some like c- c- for cocaine and <laughs> But life. to be fair, his 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 band. Well, band. That's my band. 
who's not like showing up like, hey, mom, I'm making it big. I'm going to go right to the top. That car is 40,000 nothing. It's like, you're an idiot. Like, you not by, know how the By the way, so we just crazy. shit on oh. Adam Stork, um. who's the guy who plays uh, who plays Larry. He was also like Julia Roberts. He starred opposite Julia Roberts in 1988. So this was his, like, I'm, I'm guessing his TV comeback, his attempt to like start, get back into it and everything okay. else. So like two big, two fairly high profile projects and nary a career to talk about. Like that's, <laughs> That's tough. That's rough, man. Yeah, sorry, guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Besides, the only the only time I was really excited for you. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I have to say this. I'm going to say it now, okay? When his mother was sick and she had mucus on her face, <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> he fucking wiped her face. <laughs> and it was a big moment for me. And so I said, this Larry's already a better person and I respect him more because he didn't let her just fucking sit there with a bunch of shit all over her face. face. Ridiculous. No, no, Still not over no. it. It's, it's a better written uh, show. It's, it's a better written show. Uh, even though some is. of the dialogue yeah. at times is rougher on the whole, it's still better, which is just like a bizarre thing to say. Yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> for what we got. But uh, are, are, are we getting the, the, the Lincoln Tunnel next episode? You think that's happening in the show? They dropped like a, a hint of it, right? Where they said like how like the military was posted up outside. Yeah. And I think down. I think so. I think we'll get it again. Yeah. It, this is moving. Uh, I'm worried at the pace that we're moving for this. That I think we're gonna yada yada a lot of the journey in this too. Uh, especially if we're gonna get like halfway through the story again, like four hour and a half episodes. Not not a ton. Or hour twenty episodes. Not a ton. A time. Yeah. Last thing here with uh, with Larry. Um, it's not even like him. It's just like where he's at. The fucking New York like pandemonium scene is just amazing. Like dude, one dude just turns it like a taxi with a shotgun and just shoots it. It's like what happened, people? Like what what are we doing? Like I understand looting stores, but you don't just like, kill people at everyone, everybody around you. Yeah, this, who pulls? A, he just pulls a saw off at. He just fucking turns, like, <laughs> it just turned into like total chaos so quickly. With Kareem again in the background. Hey, that's a different New York too. It's that this, is, this, is pre, this is pre-Juliana New York, all right? This is, this is before we, we kicked all the pimps and, and the porn studios <laughs> out of Times Square, all right? Christ. Yeah, it, it felt like the end of Joker to me where it was just like, this is chaos, end of days, end of days. Like, it was just like, yeah, let's flip cars and like, shoot random people. It's, it's dumb. The speed at which things were on yeah, fire was just like incredible. It's like the hell oh, no, are all these buildings on fire. You no, know, it's really what, weird. What yeah, to doing? see like Larry driving through Queens and everybody just like threw their refrigerator out of their house. It was just like it's the end. <laughs> Fuck my food and just throw it outside. It's very very <laughs> weird choices. Oh, who who's the, the there's a random moment that happened when he was like uh, it, 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 mm-hmm. ta- talking about like '90s. Him on a payphone in an <laughs> arcade in New York was like a weird fucking weird thing, right? Did anyone catch what? What? Why was he in that place? Is it only to use the payphone? And then who's the guy that bumps into him and says, like, the rat man forgives you Apparently this time? Apparently the, like, the rat man. We're going to have a run I know who you That's are. That's the rat That's man. The we rat have rat man. woman. Now we have the rat man. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm liking that we're getting all these parallels. Everybody gets a direct parallel, all right? Or you go fuck yourself. I mean, it really, it feels like, it's and look, after the title sequence, the, uh, you know, uh, again, which is a, a good title sequence, I think even better than the 2021, which we praise. Yes. Right, which we praise, but like, sure. don't fear the Reaper really works. But it really okay. So it makes the new show now feel like it's a companion to not only the book but also the series, and it's like referential uh, use of music or characters. Like I again, Rat Man to Rat Woman, right? Um, some parallels there and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it, it's getting more of that feel right now. I don't like it any better than I did, and I'm excited to like dive into the <laughs> reviews with you guys at some point, in like a in a total recap, right? If, if we really put these head to head. Yeah, because um, again, I think I've read like one R, uh, one review through three episodes of the stand, and then I didn't look at anything else because uh, it's garbage, and I know it's garbage. Look, I think this show. I think we kind of know what this show is, and I think here, here's the the crazy part is like the expectations were brought so far mm. down by the 2020 version. Like 94, like I'm it's just gonna true. accept things more. That's like, very true. That's, that's better. Hey, you you did that better. You had fucking yeah, cream with the bell, so you win. Uh, the last character we have to talk about very briefly. Oh, is yeah. Lloyd. Okay. Okay. We have to talk about Lloyd because a very different entrance uh, than the other character here from the 2020 version. Um, who did you like better, this first entrance of Lloyd or the previous version of Lloyd? I'm sorry, or the 2024 Lloyd, without a question. I mean, it's not, it is not even close. Michael Ferrer does such a better job. And again, is another one of those faces like, oh, yeah, him. Right. Yeah, Corey, he's a perfect. Oh, I know that guy. And I, I, I'm trying to think of how I know his face. Like, is it just you know Robo him from Cop? another like, 1994 movie as Quigley, the bad guy from Blank Check. All right. 
That's that's where you Holy that's shit, where you he's know Quigley? him from. All right, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> Huge yes. blank check. Oh yeah, I know, I know. He, he installed <laughs> a water slide on his castle house. Yes, that it was amazing. Absolutely, did. loved that. As soon as, as soon as you guys said Apollo thirteen, I knew I knew we were gonna have similar similar childhood tastes. All right, yeah, you knew him from blank check. Okay, that's definitely that's definitely at that because I I'm like this guy, I know this man's face, but I was like I don't know where I know it from. That's that's hundred percent. And with we had that eyes. same moment earlier with the sheriff because I definitely oh, fucking saw oh, that I guy too. See the poker eyes. I was like, oh, the sheriff, I know you, but I've, now I'm already forgetting his name though. And what, what movie he was in, Matt? Do we do do we know what movie he was in? I don't know. I don't know if you talked about it to me, but I, for me, he's another perfect that guy. Yeah, I've yeah, definitely like that seen that guy before. Uh, but okay, so Lloyd. Um, yeah, this version was definitely better. Um. What, what way better? Yeah, they, they still brought up the polkerizing thing, which I guess fine. In, in not saying polk before saying polkerize, right? Like, come on. Like, just, 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 how is it that fucking hard? Say his name one time. What are you going to be like, hi, I'm John Polk, and I polkerize. And yeah. then it just, like, cuts to, like, <laughs> to Lloyd. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's stupid. They just they don't say it. Just say right. shoot a dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, some things that work in books don't work there. Now, exactly. I will say, with the absurdity of this one, yeah. that guy had a fucking Uzi. He had, he, about the fact he, had that he had a Uzi? All right, let's, let's he, call it what it is. He had a Mac 10, and yeah, he really did uh, employ that thing. And every time I see one of these, it's such like an 80s movie gun, right? To have like the Mac 10. And I'm just like, where are people getting a right. Mac 10 from? Like, he, there, was, like, also, no like there was all sorts of weapons bands and stuff. It's not like you're walking into a fucking Cabela's back in the day and be like, I'll have the Mac 10, please. Take that one. Right? It's not like Tommy guns back <laughs> in the day, but I just. Extended clip. Bizarre to me. And just having a Mac 10 to rob a gas station, like, that's fucking overkill, man. That's fucking into, like, a a bank with a rocket launcher. Like, you don't need that. Like, you're fine with a handgun. Um... And he really mows that 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 dude down though. Like, oh yeah, Larry both kills of them people. do. Both of them. Our Lloyd, yeah. Our Lloyd yeah. and Larry both just shoot. Who? I'm Larry. I did the same fucking thing. Um, it just shoots <laughs> people at random. And again, it makes them more menacing at a minimum, right? Like again, they'll just walk into a place and shoot somebody. Right. I don't see this Lloyd being like a like at the end of this seeing the light. I don't know if I'm gonna get that from this Lloyd, but maybe, maybe that's what they'll do here with him and kneeling down with people in a pool and being like, I will no longer stand with you, Flag. You are a bad person. So stupid. I will say again, just with 90s actions, that fucking sheriff, man, like took a shot, killed that guy, then just fucking froze and just didn't shoot him. What happened? Am I remembering this correctly? Did did Lloyd yes. throw his yeah, gun and at missed, him? And missed. It wasn't okay. even Cause, close. Because then Sinise throws. That's, that's, the, it, that's yeah. the part that got me, is the guy ducks, and the gun landed, I mean, at least five feet in front of him. And he still ducked like it got super close. And they weren't like, we're doing it again. They're like, fuck it. That's good. That Moving on. Check the gate. Moving uh, on. That's good. I definitely would talk about that. Do you think they're like, look, guys, we have one take. Do not fuck this up. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Lloyd blank check, man. Just make sure you get close with this gun because like, we got, got one, one take. That's it. And they're like, ah, fuck it. It was close enough. I got I'm one other startling fact from Michael Ferrer here, right? He's, he's our, our Lloyd. Okay, His first it. cousin, George Clooney. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just a bizarre thing to look at and like go through this and be like, yeah, okay, so he was he was the president in Iron Man three, which you guys probably remember that, and <laughs> and George Clooney's cousin. Oh yeah, how about it? How about it? He got the uh, he got like the the Randy Quaid and the Dennis Quaid. Immediately, <laughs> 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 what I thought of was like that guy got all the good looks, and this guy like didn't even get the hair. Like yeah, no. Sorry, it's Clooney. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, uh, Randy Quaid's a fuck anyway. Uh, I think that's it. I, I, there's nothing really else to say about Lloyd, except we do see, uh, like, he actually sees Flag this time around, like, crouching on the fucking pole, which would free. Hey, you don't see that guy? Like, <laughs> and then fucking cop just, like, hits him in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, again, it works. There, there's just little moments in here that, again, I don't know if they seemed, like, too campy to use this time or what, but, like, little things to add that menace. Uh, I think are nice. Like, again, I, I complimented this in the first episode where Skarsgård is in the backseat of Campion's car. And again, like, it, we don't acknowledge him, but he's there. It seems like he has control over the situation. Yeah. It adds menace to it. Like, it works a, a little bit early on to have that, like, um, again, that situational irony, right? Or that, that moment of, of yeah. we know something that somebody else doesn't, which isn't situational. That's dramatic. It's dramatic, but it's okay. I think uh, even with that scene too, again, just knowing that Stu is actually competent, him telling them to turn off the fucking like oil, like the gas lines, like they they just did yep. it better. 
they, this show is this show right now is better. Now I'm not going to say it's right. going to be great to the end here because it's, it's not great. It's better. Um, uh, but that's pretty much it. Other than like, is there any is there any scene maybe that you would say is like the most shocking or that like kind of hit you the most or that you it kind of sticks with you? And I can kind of start with this. I was shocked that like they killed Starkey off screen. Mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Like him just just showing the blood spattering against like the uh, the TV there for like Ed Harris to kind of go out that way. And he gives the same like Yeats, uh, Yeats, that he gives that same speech there too. But it was an interesting way for them to cover that. Um, but that was pretty much it. Like a scene that kind of like shocked me with him, with him going out. Kathy this Bates like scene that. got me right. Just to, to bring it back around. I think that was like a super yeah. effective scene of like, and especially to hear, hear her get shot over the radio. Like, I think that mirrors something that yeah. happens to Harold in the book instead. That's not a, that's not a Fran moment. I don't think, uh, I think he, he listens to some like hmm. conservative radio host talking and, and that happens. Uh, if memory serves. So again, it's it's like an adaptation. No. It's a little bit of a change, but it also helps characterize Fran in that moment. You get a good cameo out of it. It gives you like set dressing for like the, the world that they deal with at the time. Again, it's, it's an effective use of screen time that actually builds up a competent show and is engaging to watch. So yeah, that, that's the one for me. Yeah, Corey, you nailed it. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, all and you're correct about uh it happening to Harold, but like a very yeah, he listens to like a, I don't know if it's quite an Alex Jones type dude, but yes, it seems like, like that, all right? the way through the end. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like that's perfect. I guess for my funny one, then I'm just gonna quickly change it to the commercial for Flu Buddy. Nah, nice. oh Flu Friend. Like Flu what Buddy. the fuck was that? It was so good. no so. So while that actually happened, because because I'm watching WandaVision and they keep having ads pop up in that show, I'm like, oh shit, here's a here's another TV show with a weird ad for something, but fucking flu buddy. I can't, it, like it, it had fun with it though. Like that was the yes. thing that got me is like it added a little bit of fun and levity to it. It helped give us this universe. I mean, again, when when Larry gives it to his mom later in the episode, yes. I was like, flu buddy. <laughs> Just, you know, again, it's, Larry, it was, did you think that was really gonna work, pal? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least he does wipe the snot though. He does wipe the snot. So I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think that's it for for this week. We're gonna, oh, we're yeah. gonna watch the next episode here. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, you yeah. know, hey, I'm sticking I'm with courage. it. Uh, I'm not excited to see this version of Harold play out at all. And I'm what's it's, it's gonna probably be the startup next week is them kind of making I their journey. But hey, he also is kind you know, of the bad guy. We'll talk about that a little bit more next time, right? Where you're just like not recognizing him okay. because of uh, like the the pimple makeup that he's in and stuff. So we'll talk about that more next time. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's the one I'm least enthusiastic <laughs> about uh, as of right now. With Larry a close second. Okay, my prediction for the opening of next of next episode, Nick. You ready? My name's Harold Harold Louder, <laughs> and you are my. My density. My density. <laughs> Harold Emery Law. I just think that's uh, how it's going to go. All three, yeah, names, all three names. Come oh. on. How many, ta- how many more f- first and last name combo introductions do you think you're going to get in this one, Nick? Right? Don't yeah, do I that I can't to me. wait to hear how many, <laughs> many times. Don't tell me that. Don't do this. It's my least favorite thing about Harold all of this. Emery Law. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, you gave us the middle name. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, Crispin Glover should show up in this, by the way. Yeah. That dude apparently is like super weird in real life. He was weird in that movie. It's perfect. Perfect. If he's the cameo, Corey, I'm going to die. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope he pops up for your sake. I know there's some good ones coming. Uh, I don't want to, sp- I-, I won't tell you who the roles are, but like Sam Raimi, director, Spider-Man of Evil Dead, all that kind of stuff, has a legitimate cameo in this. Stephen oh, King is going to have a legitimate cameo in this. So like you're, oh, you're he won't be on a billboard? One- no, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Billboards for old folks homes this time. Not for you, Steve. All right. So we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about the next episode. Uh, again, you guys can hit us up on Twitter if you have anything uh, you guys want us to talk about while we're, you know, diving through this one. Uh, our Twitter handle is at underscore broadcasters you can also email us at the broadcasters podcast at gmail.com but that's it for this week i'm nick i'm matt and i'm Corey. see you guys next week